It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! This is Ears Up Podcast, and I got a new mixer. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. This is good. This is good news. This is uh, this is because of Patreon. That's correct. Our friends that are the Patreon friends. Our lovely Patreon supporters. Uh, this is what happens when you support Ears Up, man. Um, we get a new mixer, and then now I can actually talk into the microphone and turn everybody up at the same time. Very exciting. And fade yeah. things down very nicely. Um, oh, he's going to turn us off so much more. Oh, or yeah. oh, for sure. I can fade them right back up very smoothly. Did you already turn this off? can bring it right back down. It's a whole thing. I got a whole thing right now. Um, and so anyway, thank you very much, you lovely, lovely Patreon people. This is uh, the first step in Ears Up 2.0. <laughs> ears Up like 18.7. Seven. I don't know. Something whatever. like that. That was good, Taryn. You tried and I, tried. I, and I love it. I love it. But I didn't try confidently, which is the problem. I needed to really like just drive it home and I instead petered out, which... It's pretty much generally what happens. Eh, it happens. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, Taryn. You did great. Great. What's our show today? Disney Easter eggs. Disney Easter eggs. This is a this show is Bev's like brainchild. I love it. It is. It's a little scary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Better be good. Yeah. So we're talking about Disney Easter eggs that are in uh, Disney films. Disney films, correct? Um, Well, I guess cartoons. Yeah. Specifically, I went. (coughs) Excuse me. I went through um, Disney theatrical animated releases, animated only, um, and I started with the most recent, which Uh would be the most recently released one would be Moana, and I went back and I'm covering twenty films. I okay. figured 20 was a nice round number. Yeah. didn't involve too much jumping around. Um, and if we wanted to continue to do this, we had a good starting point. Awesome. I think so, too. We knew where to start and where to end. And then, Taryn, you are uh, going to cover some um, park stuff, too, correct? Yeah. Yeah. When I heard this idea, I, it, it got me really excited. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you know, there's a few of those things in the park. And so I tried to... To do my best to find some, and Terrence helped me out, and so this should be good. Yeah, Terrence is not here, although he might stroll in later. Oh, you know what I did? What? Uh, well, anyway, it, I just remembered what I screwed up. Uh, Terrence will be in shortly, um, but I had told uh, our special guest host that I would call him to start the show. Oh, yeah. And I didn't do it. Oh, And so now he's probably sitting there throwing, oh, like, shoot. bottle caps at the screen. he's in the chat, too, so he yeah. knows. He's oh, like, he's wow, totally they actually for sure. just, they hate me. <laughs> yeah. In his brain, he's cutting you. Fooled you. <laughs> oh. Jeremy, my, my dear friend. Oh, it's my dearest friend. <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. What's going on, guys? Uh, just hanging out, man. Forgetting about you. <laughs> I know. Sorry. If it makes you feel any better, he forgets about me the all thing. the time. I was like, hey. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, we kind of forgot that Terrence wasn't here for a minute, so it's not just I know. You. I was like, they're not going to address the empty chair. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. I don't know. Things are a little chaotic here, but uh, anyway, so I invited Jeremy to sit with us, not only to do a, a, a lovely Spectro uh, radio set, if you will, piece, um, but to just kind of be Terrence, yet more likable. I hate DCA. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good 
job. How, but do you Soren like churros? Sucks. Yeah. So far, you're the you're the better Terrence. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And I'm sure Terrence would even agree with us. Uh, he he might come in later on um, in the show. He had some kid thing to do or something. I don't know what he's I don't know what he's doing. But uh, anyway, so we are Terrenceless uh, today, uh, but not informationless, if you will. Good job. That's right. Thank That's, you. That was spectacular. Thank yeah. you. Uh, okay, you can find us on iTunes. Tune in. Uh, blah blah blah. All the stuff. You know where to find us. But rate us on iTunes. I yeah. still want to, you know what I want is someone from iTunes to be like, hey, you know what? I've heard you had a lot of questions. Um, he, here's what it does for you. Or, hey, you got a lot of ratings, so here's a, like $100. Or, I don't know. I want something to come out of it. But Well, I think originally you get on their like hot podcast list or something. But I don't think we've ever been on that list. No. I'm, I'm almost certain we haven't. <laughs> but, That's okay. But, you know, you never know. That's true. You just, don't ever know. Just keep trying. Just keep chugging up that hill. We do have a couple. Well, the other day, I was searching for. I was actually searching for the Shanghai Disneyland soundtrack, and yeah. um, I was searching under. I, I was supposed to be searching under music, but I would, didn't realize I was in the podcast section. I typed in Shanghai Disneyland. You guys were one of the top three hits. Huh? huh that's well, cool. Well, that's good. Uh, if you're searching it. for that specific term, that's great for us. Yeah, yeah Shanghai Disneyland music or something, and then yeah. you guys came up. Awesome. Yeah. I wonder what else we're top three on. If you look up churro. You don't want to know. Oh, that's probably oh, true. <laughs> my God, speaking of churros, oh. God, we have so much to talk about right now. Um, we are no longer allowed to sell our churro t-shirt design on oh. Public. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Disney apparently hit Public with, like, a giant, um, not DMS, because that's beer stuff, but, like, um basically just a very generic hey take all the things down um and we fell under that umbrella obviously and um rude so that yeah. kind of stinks for us uh but oddly enough our turkey leg shirts are still up and we sold one the other day so oh, that's good. uh you know keep in mind ladies and gentlemen of ears up podcast we have turkey leg shirts over on t public <laughs> that's right t public.com <laughs> slash ears up well, the good news is that everybody that has a churro shirt from Tee Public, mm-hmm. um, they now have a collector's item. Limited edition. <laughs> Limited edition. That's right. We do have men's sizes uh, over on GetCovers.com, but um, and they're cheaper and they're better quality. But anyways, um, did they give you a reason? Disney doesn't own churros. Like that's something that like that's like saying they trademark donut. No, they they don't own churros. But it was. I think it's just their Disney IP. It's. I think what they do is they just throw a net out there and see what they can get taken down, and then it's up to me to challenge that. But I don't know how. Good luck with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it can fall under parody, so I think it would be covered. But I'm waiting for my my trademark guy to get back to me. Um, but he's uh, you know taking a sweet time. I don't know. Um, so you know he's a busy guy, I'm sure. So anyway, um, I, I, I want to fight it because I want to get the shirt back up because I don't think that it's actually infringing on Disney IP. But um, you know, whatever. I think for lawyers, you're like, well, we're, look, we're going to write this letter once. We might as well send it out two thousand times. Right. So I don't know. It's weird, man. It's definitely weird, and um, I kind of felt cool and official, <laughs> at, you know, uh, f- for a second there. I was like, huh, we got noticed. That's just great. Yeah. I'm really excited about getting noticed. I wish they would just notice Covier's. That would <laughs> yeah. be even better. I want them to notice it with with uh, several zeros, Terry. We should respond <laughs> to their letter and um, 
and send them the the Get Coveyors website and be like, hey, they're on this website too. Hey, check out this website. <laughs> <laughs> this might be something you should buy. Yeah, this might be something that that's infringing that you should just buy instead. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be amazing. Uh, that would never happen. Um, anyway, uh, we're on social media, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Any feedback on the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Compliments goes to Terrence. Uh, you can say hi, hi to Bev. And anything else comes to me, Jason. It's all under earsup-podcast.com. We do have some exciting news, though. Uh, you guys remember Kanye, my nephew, Anthony, yes. who comes on not very frequently, I think like twice, maybe three times to talk I about. Do. But he is memorable. I he is memorable. It's a vivid memory. Right. Yeah. Uh, to talk about what's happening in the Marvel Universe of Things, because that's Disney IP now. And uh, uh, I think it's, you know, it's important to keep up with that. Well, I've been talking to him about doing his own show. About Marvel and Star Wars because he's a super nerd. Are you sure it was his, your idea and not his? It was oddly enough, it was my idea. Really? Yeah. Sounds so like something he would come up with. Yeah, yeah, it does, right? <laughs> For real though. <laughs> so uh, later this month they're going to do their first show. They don't have a name yet, but uh, I'm excited Who's to be able. Uh, him and some friends, I don't know. Apparently they're so he's like, oh yeah, so you know Alexandra or whatever. I don't know the person's name. Uh, you know they're going to be doing on. They're going to talk about Star Wars fan theories and whatever. It's like super nerdy, like dialed in kind of stuff, right? That I think would That's be cool. good crossover and also a great umbrella to catch other people that don't know about us but are into Star Wars and Marvel. And I'm like, oh cool. Well, I'm trying to like talk to him about how to do a show or, or make sure that they know how to speak in the microphone. They're like, yeah, well, when, he's like, when, when, when she does her YouTube channel, I'm like, oh, so these are like people who are content creators already. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, this other guy, he gets like, uh, you know, pre-release toys and has a whole YouTube channel on like, I'm like, oh, you got to yeah. lead with all yeah. that stuff, man. Because yeah. I just think there's some geek off the street. Yeah. Like us. Then, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, like you us. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so look for that here in the coming months. I'm a, I'm a professional, Beverly. I don't know if you know this or not I, about me. I work with you. I know just how <laughs> professional you can be. That's true. Uh, so we are bringing you some good stuff, and it, it is all because of you guys supporting us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash ears up and uh, join us, please. That would be great. Uh, you can also support us via our Amazon Amazon link. Amalink. 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 Yeah. Uh, go to uh, our website, earsupheavenpodcast.com, and hit the Amazon link on the right page. Bookmark that and do all your Amazon shopping from that. That also helps us get microphones and all this kind of stuff. Go to Coveyors, getcoveyors.com. Uh, support our friends. They're all on the page. I'm tired of talking right now. Um, <laughs> already. I know. I feel like it's the same blah, repetitive. Blah, blah. Like everyone's going like, like the, scroll through. The adults from uh, Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. Uh, but what is very important to understand is that there are still tickets for our 100th show. I think there's about 10 left or so. Um, come see us at Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen in downtown Disneyland, November 11th of this year. Tickets are 50 bucks for adults and a lot less for kids. You get a cool gift bag just for showing up, plus a little bit of food and a ticket to a really cool raffle, which we're building prizes. So you remember Lynn and I forget homeboy's name from the Sweep Spot podcast, they were the custodian yeah. Yeah. dudes. They sent us three 
autographed books. Awesome. And that wow. yes, I know, right? That's going to be part of our raffle. We have a couple other guests I sending in books. Meaning to read that book. It's a great book. I know it is. Uh, so we're building a lot of cool stuff. So the raffle is going to be great. And uh, you guys, uh, so once you 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 come in, you buy your ticket, whatever. You come into the thing, you hang out, you get one ticket for free for the raffle, and you can of course buy extra raffle tickets because um, that's what we do. Jeremy, our good friend Jeremy here, spare Terrence will be there. Spare Terrence. I will. Auxiliary Terrence. <laughs> yes. Spectra Radio, of course. Uh, some past guests, and uh, it's going to be great. So go we're to gonna Brown. Do, we're going to do some games, too. We're going to do some games, yeah. Go to brownpapertickets.com and search for us, Ears Up Podcast. Um, and that's it. Please join us. It's going to be it's going to be a hoot. Be a, a hoot. Only 10 left. They're going fast. Hoot, I think Manny. it's about 10. It could be 100. I don't really it's remember. It's not 100. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good, man. We've sold about 30 or so, and, uh, you know, there's room for about uh, maybe 36. I forget. Anyway, um, yeah, come down. Join us, please. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a great time. Taryn, uh, do we have feedback, please? Yes, we do. Okay, feedback us. All right. Uh, first one today is from Sarah. Hi, all. I've been listening to your podcast about Walt Disney World. I think she is confused. I just realized that. Yeah. Uh, for the past year. and I think it's muscle memory. Probably, for yeah. For some people. Yeah, Um and they were great, uh, but I wanted to get in touch with uh, in touch with. Oh, I see. Sorry, let me start over. Okay. Hi all. I'd been listening to podcasts about Walt Disney World for the past year, and they were great. Okay. But I wanted to get in touch with the park of my youth. Uh, you do a great job of covering Disneyland and its history. I live in Massachusetts, so the last time I was in Cali, DCA did not exist. Wow. Yeah. Number one, topic for research. Roy after Walt. I know Roy came out of retirement after Walt's death, but it would be interesting to hear what he worked on at Walt Disney World and outside of that before his own death. Interesting idea. Yeah. I like it. Uh, number two, Coviers. So I had no idea this is how, uh, this is how it was spelled based on listening. I thought you were saying cub, like C-U-B ears. <laughs> yeah. Which was also kind of cute and made sense. Yeah. Uh, Coviers makes complete sense now that I see it. Any chance of Alice in Wonderland nods in Coviers, <laughs> like a purple and pink stripe? Thanks for all your hard work. Well, that's good. Yes, that's a good email. I mean, I think that yes, um, definitely there is a chance for purple and pink stripe Coviers. Um, we're kind of working on being able to do any sort of custom, customary. Yeah, situation. anything that you can do. The problem Thanks, is Beth. like the anytime I got you. <laughs> <laughs> We're just having a small problem with the seam uh, because of the way that we we print on them. Yeah. So once we can work that out, we'll. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. If you want some custom covers, I'll give it to you for free. <laughs> Email me. There you go, Jason at earsup-podcast dot com. And, um, That's quite a business model. It's pretty good, right? <laughs> That's why we're so successful. I'm trying to work it out. It might be a little bit, uh, you know, imperfect, but you know, I want to, uh, I want to try with other people's photos and text and like, you know, other ideas. So this one will be something that we could try. That'd be cool. Yeah, we'll so, number them. They'll be original. Yeah, Sarah, uh, write uh, write into us, and we'll send you. We'll do it for you and send you a free pair. Yeah. Uh, next one is from Beth. She's, it's called Churro Challenge and Failure. <laughs> and also probably good. <laughs> well, probably. Um, I finally got to go to Disneyland. Listening to your show really prepared me for an enjoyable trip. I took my Main Street Fanny Packer, Fanny Pack, uh, Coviers, and Churro Shirt. Wow. Yes. Our number one fan here, everybody. <laughs> Thank you I don't very even much. go that decked out. That's amazing. Um, I, just, I would, but I can't wear those hats, man. They're too yeah. small. Can't do it. 
Um, I just wanted you guys to know how many compliments I got on the shirt. Unfortunately, I was unable to finish pulling a Terrence as I couldn't find a churro shirt in churro churro <laughs> shirt. Churro cart. Churro cart. Okay. Uh, in Toontown or Adventureland. Okay. I guess I'll have to go back someday and try again. Uh, the next one is from Tara. Hi, I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm enjoying it very much. Thanks for all the great info and honest criticism of all things Disneyland. I'm planning a trip for the third week of June for our family of six. Me, my husband, and four kids, 18, 16, 11, and 9. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, took a little I, break there in the middle. A little bit That's of break. good. <laughs> uh, I haven't booked anything yet, but my options are quickly shrinking as time's getting short. Yeah. My question number one. How bad is parking at Disneyland really? The general consensus around the Disneyland message board universe is that under no circumstances should you drive to the park. <laughs> that sounds like forum speech. I know. That's for ridiculous. Sure. Um, but stay within Put walking in distance instead. Um, I've stayed across the street three times and still found all the walking to be quite a chore at the end of the day. I've sure. also used... Art A R T while staying at the uh, that's like that's their, the their bus, bus mm-hmm. uh, Best Western uh, Inn and Suites and found it to be unreliable and usually full by the time it reached us. Five dollars a person times six people is uh, more than twenty dollars. More than twenty dollars parking. Uh, getting to the park early before rope drop is priority number one for me. So hopefully arriving early enough to get to the parking structure will translate into less waiting time getting into the lot. Question two. The dates we visit the parks will probably be June 19th, 20th, and 21. The 19th and 20th are the last two days for SoCal annual pass holders. So how much do you think that will affect crowd levels? Disneyland is always crowded, but I've read that the late evenings um, stay crowded on those nights uh, before the AP blackouts. Any thoughts? Thanks a bunch, and keep up the awesome podcast. Well, thank you for the kind words. Bev, what do you So I'm going to weigh in on the parking because I've always been like, yeah, just stay farther away, save money and drive in until I was there this past Saturday. And from the time we drove into the park to park our vehicle to the time we made it into the park, we spent one hour. It was one hour. It took 20 minutes to get in, pay for our parking and park. And then we didn't even take the tram. We walked. Mm -hmm. But let's say from the time we started driving into the time we were actually inside Disneyland was one hour. Wow. It was heinous. It was also grad night and Saturday, which is super, super heinous. Did you go in the the early morning? It was a park opened at nine or maybe it opened at, I think it opened at nine. We were pulling into the parking garage at eight. Wow. Yeah. It sucked. That's, that's good for her to know then. Um, and then the second part of her question, um, about the crowd levels for the SoCal <laughs> passes. Unfortunately, yeah, I think that those are going to be two really gonna busy be days, especially that the 20th, um, the last day. I would say, you know, most people that have that SoCal pass are going to take their last trip. Like it's my last chance. They may only be there for an hour or two, but they're going to get in that park at some point. Um, I mean, I wouldn't let it scare you away. There's always things that you can do outside of like that kind of thing like i don't know it's tough to be a bug nobody's gonna ever be at that so no. that's something you can do and it's actually you... pretty entertaining right i really like it so there are things that you can do and the little hidden area where the monsters inc ride is i don't think i've ever waited long for that ride yeah so there's a few things that you can do to kind of stock up on yourself. fast passes yeah. do what you gotta do but yeah be prepared oh yeah it's gonna be crowded yeah especially just june in general is gonna be a little tough but <clears throat> but i'm sure you're still gonna have a great time agreed and that's feedback. 
Okay. Wonderful. Um, let's see. I do have... Well, it, I think it might be time for... Let's do this. See if I can do this. Join us as we unravel the magic behind some of Disney's most beloved pieces of music. It's Spectro Time! This magic night, a million stars will play beside us, cast a spell of light, glimmering, shimmering, It's so good. It's so good. How you doing, my friend? It's it's been a long time, I think, since we've seen you, or, or at least uh, spoken to you, because we've never actually seen you. It's been a very long time since we've seen yeah. you. Yeah, but uh, how yeah, you doing? Very long time. I'm pretty great. I mean, I'm a little misty-eyed here tonight. I have to tell you why. Okay. Oh. Because tonight is the last night at, uh, in Disney World of their nighttime spectacular wishes, which okay. has been running since 2003. Oh, geez. Oh, wow. Yeah, they don't they don't change it up very often down there. So this is like big and they're getting a new one tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, it's kind of an emotional evening to say goodbye. Wow. Yeah, we were uh, we were listening before the show, of course, as we always do. And you were playing wishes. Is that a timely thing? Is that when it was happening kind of right now? Like right now, most but. things in my life, it was a complete accident. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Fair enough, man. That's what but life a happy is for. One. There you go. That's a good yeah. way to look at it. Uh, what are we going to talk about today, my friend? We're going back, back in time, even before Disneyland. You all right? And oh. can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we had a little, uh, little robotic choke there, probably on my end. So sorry about that. Oh. Okay. Um, we're going back in time before Disneyland opened to a time in the 1940s to talk about a group called the Firehouse Five Plus Two. Do you guys know who that is? Yes. We do, yeah. Oh, and good. Okay, good. I'll well, enough, do, that's what? my fact of, my fact of the show is on. Oh. Is on that, uh, that group. So this is timely. This is, we like share the same Disney brain for some time. It is also accident. a total accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, go ahead, man. Well, for those who don't know, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2 is a popular Dixieland jazz band that was active from 1949 to 1972. And you might wonder why we're going to talk about jazz band. What does this have to do with Disney? Well, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2 was a, was made up of a group of animators, writers, and other Imagineers from the Walt Disney Studios back in the 40s, led by band leader and trombonist Ward Kimball. And we know Ward Kimball because he was one of Disney's lead animators, and he formed the group known as Disney's Nine Old Men. Or he was part of the Nine Old Men. That's correct. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting for you, and I was like, yeah, oh, shit, maybe he's, maybe he's it waiting wasn't a for us. Mobile. Yeah, okay, no. <laughs> Nine old men, yes, sir. Okay, so this group got started in the early 40s um, when this group of Disney employees would gather together every day during lunch in Ward, Ward Kimball's office to listen to old jazz records, um, just to hang out during their lunchtime. And they would listen to jazz records by artists such as Louis Armstrong and also Jelly Roll Morton. Number one. 
Love it. <laughs> are you? Are you? Do you really love it? Oh, I actually really do. Like I, I would sit and eat dinner listening to that. <laughs> I think it's really but not great. lunch because that would be no. uncalled for. It's interesting because the song's called Big Fat Ham. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> she eats a big fat ham for dinner. <laughs> that is called Big Fat Ham, and it is from Jelly Roll Morton's 1923 self-titled album. And I really wanted to play you something that was from the audio quality on it is not that great, but I wanted to play something from before the 1940s because that increases the likelihood that maybe those same Imagineers one day in Ward Kimball's office actually heard that track. So that's why yeah, I picked that one. That's a good. That's a good one. It's also called ham, and Taryn <laughs> likes to eat and listen to music, <laughs> so it's all worked out. Right, it's perfect. <laughs> well, most of these jazz-loving Disney workers had played musical instruments when they were in high school, and one day they got the idea to bring in their old instruments and play along with the records during lunch. Hmm. I, I tried this at my office last week; it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day the record player broke in the middle of a song, but they kept on playing and they realized that they didn't sound too bad even without the record accompaniment. And so they kept on playing. They originally titled themselves the Huggy GD8, and then they called themselves <laughs> the San name. Gabriel Valley Blue Blowers. Okay. Also a terrible name. <laughs> During this time, they were requested to play for dances and parties in the surrounding area. But one day, the band was asked to drive down to San Diego to play at the Horseless Carriage Club's auto tour. But there was one rule, and that was that none of the vehicles at the Horseless Carriage could be newer than 1914. Okay. So, Ward Kimball, being very inventive and ingenious, found and restored a vintage 1914 fire truck for the group to drive down in. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Hey, if you have a problem, throw a bunch of money at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. It's so easy to, to solve problems yeah, when time, you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> well, just driving down in a fire truck was not going to be enough. An Imagineer knows if you're going to drive down in a fire truck, you need to be in firemen's uniforms. <laughs> Naturally. Jeez. But modern day firemen's uniforms aren't going to work. They, see, these things have to be consistent. <laughs> so he put an ad in firemen's magazines searching for authentic turn of the century uniforms. Wow. So now all the pieces were in place. They had a truck. They had turn of the century firemen's uniforms and they were ready to drive down to San Francisco as the firehouse five plus two. That's awesome. Why did they, I'm sure they do, were, do you have any sorry. idea why they called it the Firehouse 5 plus 2? Is that just a kitschy thing? Well, they I read that they actually added the plus 2 so that um when they were be if they were going to be hired or people would know that they were getting a seven piece ensemble and Firehouse 7 just doesn't sound as good. Oh. Well, you're right. <laughs> people like alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> so they added that. Well, so that was like kind of their first debut, but the band was really truly discovered by Les Koenig, who worked at the time for Paramount Studio and was a huge jazz fan himself. He heard the band playing for a high school dance and asked them if they'd like to make records. Their first record album debuted in 1949 called The Firehouse Five Plus Two Story. Take a listen, number two.
a bunch of old dudes. That sounded cool. Yeah, I like it. So the the three tracks you just heard were Firehouse Stomp, Yes Sir, That's My Baby, and The 12th Street Rag. And I'll just say, I love any piece of music that starts off with da-da-da-da-da-da. You you know you're in for a good song. (laughs) Right, absolutely. And if you're tearing, a good meal. Exactly. The band was proud of what they called their good time sound, which is what they actually ended up calling their record label, Good Time Jazz. And they became an overnight sensation following the release of that first album. The 1950s saw the, came and saw the band playing concerts, dances, weddings, parades, and more throughout the West. The 1955 opening of Disneyland presented a new opportunity for the group as the band was made up of some of Walt Disney's uh, best animators. Walt liked them and invited them to play... Disneyland on opening day in 1955. They appeared on ABC's opening day coverage playing in front of the firehouse in Times Square in the opening day parade and at the now extinct Plantation House restaurant in Frontierland number three. For you, and standing right here behind me is probably the most famous little Dixieland band in the world. The Firehouse 5 plus 2. And they're in exactly the right place because New Orleans is the spot where this beat was born. The barrel Tore it up, dude. I kind of <laughs> love that these are like Disney employees. I do really love it. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, not only are they great storytellers and animators, but they can rip a clarinet to shreds. You yeah, know what I mean? Destroy it's it. Amazing. Yeah. Or probably not a clarinet, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. maybe. Yeah, oh, right. Some kind of horn. <laughs> Jeremy, help me out. <laughs> clarinet. Horn. I think that was a. That was a clarinet. There we go. Nice. Well, there was a trombone Tr- in there, there too, a, but yeah. they, they, yeah, there's a lot of clarinet. Yeah. See. <laughs> You nailed it. Nailed it. it. Crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Disneyland was a perfect setting for the happy brand of jazz for which the group was quickly becoming known. They eventually played Summer uh, Disney's Golden Horseshoe Saloon for 15 years in a row. The music of these performances was captured live at the Golden Horseshoe for one of the band's later albums, The Firehouse Five Plus Two at Disneyland. That album was their first in-person recording and is great because it has everything from Ward Kimball's announcements, the jokes he cracked, some response from the audience, and even a clunk at the end of the track, Anvil, Eddie Forrest accidentally dropping the anvil on his foot. Oh, God. Oh, that's unfortunate. Wow. This album contains, uh, this album includes such tracks as Anvil Stomp, Lass's Trombone, and one of their signature tracks, Tiger Rag, number four. I want to start the evening off with a little culture here at the Golden Horseshoe. (laughs) 
fun stuff. Right? That's my jam. <laughs> Talk about ripping a clarinet to shreds. <laughs> hey, you like that? I just I just made that up. Or you just made that up. <laughs> you just coined <laughs> no, that I, term. You said it. No, you did. I, you oh. just made that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the beginning, when Ward Kimball was saying um, he's going to bring a little culture to the Golden Horseshoe, yeah, that's because the first song in that um, is called Anvil Stomp, which is a Firehouse Five zany take on Verdi's Anvil Chorus from Il Trovatore, which, if you'd like to hear it, is number five. I thought it sounded familiar, and I was like, what is what is that? That is definitely yep. not what I expected. Nope, not at all. <laughs> they sure put their own spin on it. <laughs> and the second song, just as a little tidbit, was called Last, is Lass's Trombone. And a version of Lass's Trombone by Albert White and his Gaslight Orchestra was actually used, if you were paying attention, in the 1976 to 1991 Main Street USA area music. Who wasn't paying attention to that? <laughs> you were all taking notes. That's yes. right. The band was also invited to perform on the original Mickey Mouse Club's Anything Can Happen Day and perform two songs, I Want to Be a Fireman and Tiger Rag. Take a listen, number six. And now Firehouse 5 plus 2 plus the Musketeers present I Want to Be a Fireman. That's adorable. <laughs> I love the way it started. Is that, because the group thing? was made up largely of animators who were used to sound effects in their work, you can hear that they aren't afraid to incorporate non-traditional instruments and sounds into their music, giving it a very unique and playful sound. You frequently hear sirens, bells, and whistles in their music. They are also notable for having brought back the washboard. Oh. Ah. Uh-huh. There was a time when playing the washboard was very common in Dixieland jazz groups, but they had grown increasingly more rare throughout the years. Ward Kimball brought back the washboard to popularity in the Firehouse Five, and you can hear him playing it in several tracks, such as here, Coney Island Washboard, number seven. Zany, zany times. It's zany, it's kooky. <laughs> On November 17th, 1971, the Firehouse 5 Plus 2 played its last gig at a car show at the Anaheim Convention Center. Ward Kimball was one consistent member of the band throughout the years. Kimball uh, was once quoted as saying, don't get the idea from all this that this is a one-man affair. The band exists as a unit, and no one man is any more important than the other one. 
It's easy to forget that these band members had day jobs. They worked for Disney. So members of the band through the years were responsible for animating legendary Disney characters such as Jiminy Cricket, (laughs) supplying sound effects to a number of Disney movies, and designing things such as the Nautilus from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and also Main Street USA itself. Wow. That is pretty cool, man. That's what we were saying a little bit ago. It's it's nice to, uh, I don't know, to, to see the other side of... Of talent, if you know what I mean, like what people do for fun that are super talented like that, that have kind of built the company, essentially. I think it shows what it takes to embody an Imagineer also. Like these aren't one trick ponies. These are mm-hmm. these are like Renaissance men. Yeah, absolutely. Do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, their producer, Les Koenig, said of the band, not having to play for money, they were free to play what they liked. They liked jazz, they liked to play it, and played to please themselves. Ward Kimball once said of the band that they never had practice or rehearsals. They just got together as a group and had fun. <laughs> Through the years, the band appeared in many places. They appeared on a float in the 66th Rose Bowl Parade. They played at Bing Crosby golf tournaments and appeared on TV shows such as Lawrence Welk and the Mickey Mouse Club. There was a nod to the band in the 2009 Disney animated feature, The Princess and the Frog, Gator, belonging to a jazz band at the end of the film called The Firefly 5 Plus Lou, number eight. That was my fact of the show, Jeremy. <laughs> and that's an Easter egg. God, Jeremy, just Jeremy ruined two bits on our show <laughs> in one fell swoop. You're the worst Terrence ever. <laughs> no, actually, but he's, he's the, the most best. accurate Terrence ever. <laughs> oh, man. Up next, I'll be talking about Easter eggs. <laughs> uh, is that it? New York Times no, critic. It's not it. No, there's a little bit more here. Okay, go for it. Talk about killing it. You kill this is my big wrap up. No. New York Times critic John S. Wilson summed up the group perfectly, describing the band as quote, just happy, an enviable condition for anything. And that is the Firehouse Five. Nice. Nice. If you're interested in hearing more Firehouse 5 Plus 2, most of their albums are available on iTunes, um, or you can hear versions of the Firehouse 5 ripped from their original vinyl albums on Spectra Radio. Nice. Which can be heard at spectraradio.us. .us. Very good, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I really, I enjoyed Dixieland Jazz. Yeah, me too. I think it's really fun. It really makes me happy. Cool. Good times. I think we might be having a mic issue. Having problems. We're having issues. New board. Things happen. I hear you guys all much better now. You were pretty quiet for a minute. Got it. Okay. That's good. And this is where uh, this is where I'm glad I have a hat on because my head would explode it's normally. It's holding it together. Yeah, it's <laughs> catching all my brains from exploding because I don't know if it's like recording properly into the recorder or not. So whatever, well, we're just gonna move on and uh, and if you know, are we gonna have to do this whole show tomorrow? We might oh have my to. Gosh. 
<laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> yes. It could, look, it could only be better because this, to be honest with you, this show is not going very well. Oh, good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but we're going to talk about, uh, thank you, Jeremy, uh, for sure. Not um, your part. Your part was great. No, your part was As great. As always. <laughs> oh, thank you. You did my good. My pleasure. You did good, my son. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome, father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bev, let's talk Easter eggs of Disney films, dude. Okay. Yeah, All let's right. talk about it. Go uh, for it. Did we, are we talking about what we are considering an Easter egg? Yeah, so let, that, thank you very much. So let's bring Smart. up what we consider an Easter egg, because even, it, it, this might shock some of you listeners, but even <laughs> internally, we were unclear as to what an Easter egg actually is. Yes. So I think what we came up with was an e- uh, various versions of this, because and apparently... On other websites, people don't know what an Easter egg is. Well, that's also true. So what we're calling an Easter egg is something that is kind of like a, a sh- like a hidden shout out to something else that's not related to the actual thing. Yes. Right? Not like, um, what were some of the Easter eggs that weren't really Easter eggs that you like found online? Cr- oh, no, you, go ahead. Oh, like at, at Disneyland, like the crest above the, uh, on the castle, the Disney crest on the castle. That's, that's a cool detail of the park, but it's not an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And something like things that I'm not going to be covering, which may or may not be considered Easter eggs, but, um, like for example, if Jeremy Anderson, is uh-huh. the producer of some film, and in that film they decided to make the town Andersonville. Yeah, I'm not going to be addressing that. Okay, because I don't care. Right, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure nobody else does. That might I mean, be an might. Easter egg, but like nobody really. But it's not. Weird. It's not an Easter egg that we will be covering. I tried to. My tried my hardest to stick to other film references, other Disney film re- references within Disney films. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. Sure. Okay. Um, and what I think I mentioned this when we started, but I'll mention it again. I took the last 20 films, mm-hmm. the last 20 animated theatrical releases, and I'm going to run through them. Okay. I found one to two for, well, I tried to find one to two for each film. Okay. Some of them didn't have any. I'm sure whatever you did was great. Yeah, it's probably and fine. It, and it will be it, great. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so let's get started. All right. And if you guys know of any that I don't mention that you think are really cool, please feel free to jump in and join. Um, so we will start with Pocahontas. Okay. I got nothing. Literally nothing. There what? are no hidden Mickeys in that movie. Really? Yes. That's weird. It was so bizarre. Huh. And I mean, I searched. I searched hard. Interesting. Found nothing. Weird. I did like that movie, though. I love that movie. <laughs> And the music. It doesn't get so a good. whole lot of like fun at Disneyland or no. anything. No. Pocahontas like gets no play. No play. Forgot. That's very strange. Hercules. Have you guys all seen Hercules? Nope. 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 Fail- oh, it's a <laughs> cross the board failure. Okay. Yeah, never seen Hercules. <laughs> so I'm not going to go into details as to what the film of Hercules is about. I'm fairly certain you'll, you'll, you can figure it out. But, uh, during the, throughout the movie, there are these muses that kind of follow Hercules around and, um, they're kind of like his backup singers. And so they're telling his story or telling parts of his story through song. And there's this one particular part where they're singing a song called I Won't Say I'm in Love. Uh, they're all seen as busts. Uh, and it's and, and one even has a broken head that's laying to the side. And it's mimicking mm-hmm. the busts from the Haunted Mansion ride. Oh. oh, that's cute. Yeah, I like that one. That's very nice. See, that's an Easter egg. That's, that's an, an Easter egg. egg. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, from the movie Mulan, who I also, another movie I love, no play at Disneyland. Haven't seen it. She gets, 
You're the worst. <laughs> I will. Let me also just say, yeah, I've never seen this Mulan. time frame that never I'm working care. with here. <laughs> it's rough. Like I think I started in like 1996. So 1996 to about 2003. It was it was interesting time for Disney films. Tough times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mulan. Um, this one is not a Easter egg per se. It's a hidden Mickey in the film. Oh, so that's in the cool. scene at the end, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Mulan is just honored as a hero, and she's uh, she's riding her horse down the stairs from the Emperor's palace. In- Seems entirely inappropriate. Well, you know, girl, gotta get home. Let's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and he he gives her the crest of China. He they're legit. They're friends. It's cool. Right. Anyway, the um the cement guardrail or banister, whatever you want to call it, has hidden Mickey's sort of carved into it. And I I will say that I have conf- the amount of YouTube I've watched in the last two three days. Yeah. <laughs> I purchased two films to confirm things because I couldn't find them on YouTube. Oh, I went all out. Wow, wow. you you really went. What did for you it. buy? What what movie did you oh, buy? Oh my gosh, like the worst. One movie I'd never heard of called Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> oh, I've heard of it, but I have no clue what that's about. Okay. It actually looks like it might not be that awful. Uh, and um, You hope. I bought The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that either. What I, the, what I wanted, no, I hadn't either. And what I wanted to confirm, I couldn't find. So I was like, I'll buy this. There you go. In Tarzan. We've all seen Tarzan? Never seen you it. You guys so no. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite Disney movies ever. Okay, so... You know the part where the they're trashing the camp scene? Yes. And they show Mrs. Potts and Chip? Yep. Yep. So Mrs. Potts and Chip make an appearance in a part... Oh, is it the apes? They're, I can't remember. Yeah, it's the... The yeah. apes are trashing the um, the explorer's campground, and you see a nice little tea set, and it's Mrs. Potts and Chip. Well, and I'm going to just jump in, because it makes sense to talk about it at this moment, but Absolutely. At, in, the, in Tarzan's Treehouse in Disneyland, you can also see Chip and... Oh, really? Yeah, and Mrs. Potts uh, in the kitchen scene. At the end, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like somewhere, yeah, towards the end. Oh, I would never know that because I've never climbed that tree because <laughs> ain't nobody <laughs> trying to do that. Because it's, it's having to do things because it's a tree. All right. Um, and this is another one from Tarzan. When Jane's father is being held upside down by the apes and they're kind of checking him out, mm-hmm. a little figure of a dog falls out of his pocket, and that is little brother from Mulan. Little brother oh. is Mulan's dog. Again, okay. you wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know that. No. I'm looking at you, and you're looking at me like, "What yeah. in the world?" Eyes is she glazed over. About? And, well, and I That's think cool. this is, uh, it's another reason why the show's good and needed because there are weird people like me who haven't seen a lot of these mid '90s, early 2000s era Disneyland stuff well, or Disney stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to an excellent film here. Okay. Two, in fact. Okay. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Oh yes. Yeah. Never seen it. Nothing. Me neither. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. I found nothing. Huh. So, right. I, I, listeners, feel free if you know things that I couldn't find, write in. Make me go. Please don't make me go to the the. the, the <laughs> what is it? The uh, the the studio. The oh the press conference. press conference. Don't make me have the, the press, press room. Conference. I'll be like, she wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But I really did try. I tried my best. Okay. Atlantis, The Lost Empire. How many nope. of you have seen that? Nope. No one. No one's seen that. I've seen that. It's before this? Not good. Yes, before this. <laughs> oh, wow. It's it's a very odd film. And again, it, it's not the kind of movie you would expect to find a hidden Mickey in or an Easter egg. Like It's it's very dark and very kind of unusual. Okay. Uh, nothing. 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 Hmm. Lilo and Stitch. Okay. Um, there's a part where Lilo is looking out the window when Stitch crashes. She's looking to see his crash, and right in the background, underneath an easel, you can see 
a Dumbo doll in a box. Oh, that's I like nice. those. Yeah, I like. I love those things. Cool. Treasure Planet. Never seen it. This never was, heard of it. Never yet. A, never heard of it. This was a weird time for Disney. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> wow. you mean Pizza Planet from Toy Story? Because yeah. that I can get behind. But mm, pizza. Treasure Planet. <laughs> no, I did not include any Pixar films in this. Okay. It's a whole other animal. All right. Uh, Stitch makes an appearance in this film. It occurs at the beginning when the main character is a young boy and uh, his mom is reading him a book in bed. Right after this, there is a book. You see a bookshelf in the background, and Stitch is one of the toys sitting on it. Oh, that's cute. Brother Bear? Anybody? Oh, I've heard of it. No, it's on Netflix. I've seen it before. Yes. It looks really boring. It's not that interesting. I mean, it's it's actually kind of interesting. I, I Just the cover. Whatever. I was like, mm, nah. Pass. Okay. It's kind of sad. Yeah? I, I don't Yeah. I've never seen it. But I feel like I have to now. I feel like I have to watch all of these movies now just to get the... I just want you to watch Treasure Planet, Atlantis, and and just t- call me after you watch them and just be like... And, and we can just have one of our gab sessions where we just okay. like rip things to shreds. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of wonder if I need that... If I need more ammo of things not to like. <laughs> Probably Just not. in general. You might love it. I don't know. I, well, there are weird things that you like, like yeah. the Love Guru. Love Guru's a special a movie I've for never me. Seen amazing. The Love Guru. You really should. Don't watch it. The here. Love Guru. Yeah, for real, Jeremy. The Love like Guru. He, it's it's that movie that you watch with somebody. Oh, and Jeremy they, knows, and they love it so much that that they say every line, so you never actually see the movie. Yeah, that's the Love Guru. That's a, that experience is also similar to watching Cable Guy with me. Honestly, yes. yeah, and Sam. I never saw it. <sighs> You know, I don't think See, I've ever watched okay. good movies with you. I feel, the la- one of the first times I was ever here, yeah. you were watching Snakes on a Plane. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's right. Well, and I bought that movie on DVD because I'm like, I never, b- b- sight unseen. Because I'm like, there's no way that this movie could be terrible because it's you called Snakes on a Plane. No, and if you remember, they had a really great uh, like uh, grassroots marketing where you can call up and uh, leave your friend's phone number, and Samuel L. Jackson will call that person and yell at them about snakes on a plane, and like you can I do kind remember. of. So he were, he recorded like several kind of different options about what to talk about, like you know. I heard you like, you know, Vespas. Well, get the blue Vespa out of the garage and get the snakes off the plane. And I was like, this is a bet. This is great. And um, and uh, I didn't have any friends for it to call, but it called me, and that was cool. Um, and I bought it, and it's a good movie. I yeah. have not seen it. That's mm. weird. I wonder why. I don't even why know do where you it even is own it? Okay, so back, back to I mean, Brother Bear. Why, you just explained, but. Thank you. Back to Brother Bear, yes. Back to Brother Bear. Uh, there's a part where... Some people, some I, I wrote humans, I guess because the whole point, the whole premise of the movie is about bears. But okay. some humans are in a stream and they're catching fish with their net. Uh, they're trying to catch salmon, and if you pause it, when a bunch of the fish are jumping out of the water, you see little Nemo in there oh, too. How oh, sad. that's nice. <laughs> Poor little Nemo Poor getting Nemo. caught in another net. Yeah. See, and I, I think they should make another movie about that era of Nemo. <laughs> Where he's hanging out with the salmon. You do not want another hanging out no. with the freshwater. Yeah, somehow Trust a saltwater, me. you know, fish. That's already in production. <laughs> <laughs> um, next film going down the line is Home on the Range, purchased by Beverly Moore today. <laughs> the only person who's ever purchased that movie. 
Uh, home on the range. Okay. Actually, no, I lied. I did not have to watch this movie. I did not have to purchase this movie because it was available via my Amazon Stars subscription. Oh, that's good. But I was about to buy it. Okay. All right. Uh, at 24 minutes, I even wrote down the time. At 24 minutes into this movie, there's a part where Buck and Rico ride off and the cows are tied up to the covered wagon. And there's a character named Grace who's singing Home on the Range. Mm-hmm. And this is this is a this is not a, a, a Easter egg. It's a hidden Mickey. Okay. But there's a very clear part when the clouds and the horizon kind of change, and the sun and two clouds form a hidden Mickey in the sky. That's an Easter egg. I would call that an Easter egg. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell yourself short. Okay. Chicken Little. Okay. Nothing. Never seen it. Nothing. Never seen it. Not a. I have seen that. One. I mean, I'm familiar with it. I even know it exists <laughs> in the pantheon of great movies, but uh, yeah. I've never seen it. <laughs> Meet the Robinsons. Oh, guess who owns that? <laughs> this this movie actually looks pretty good. Okay. Um, there's a part where a character named Goob is catching Goob. Goob. G O O B. That's how I would say it. Yeah. All right. He's making a catch in a baseball game. It's the winning catch. When he looks down and he sees the ball in his hand in the background, yeah. You see a poster like a, a mural painted for to- Toy Story over mm-hmm. to the right, and then to the left is the Jungle Book. Oh, oh that's nice. They're just in the background. Cool. You would never notice if you weren't look at, looking cool. for them, but they're yeah. there. If you were focused on the sports ball moment, yeah. you would miss them. Totally miss it. Because there's yeah. other there's also other posters in the background for the, that has the team name on it. Oh, okay. So it's, it's very camouflaged. Okay. Bolt. Nothing. Never seen that never, either. No, I've never, never seen Bolt. It's about the dog, right? It is yeah, about a dog. But yeah. I think that was like one of the more well-received Disney films of the time. I think so. I mean, I've heard of Bolt. And yeah, people seem to think it's really I think really it wasn't my jam, but I... Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's about a dog. Yeah. The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Sure. The, uh, I watched this today with okay. Abby, oh. since I now own it. <laughs> um, there's a part in the very beginning when Tiana, Tiana's mom, I think her mom is the nanny in the film. Okay. Does that sound right? I've never her seen Her mom it. is the nanny for the little rich girl. Anyway. And Peter Pan? No. <laughs> Shh. Just be quiet. Uh. Anyway. Um, her mom is reading the two little girls a story. Okay. And as the camera sort of pans in, you can see the uh, pumpkin coach from Cinderella. And oh, it's on the cool. ground as as a toy. Oh, that's, that's cute. cute. It's not like the, the real thing, but it's a little right. toy replica. That's nice. Uh, Entangled, which I hope we've all seen. Yes, oh. I have seen Tangled. So wait, have I seen Tangled? I, I may you, have. I think you've seen Tangled. That's the Rapunzel one with, yes. the, with the dude and the horse? Yes. yes. Okay, I've seen that. And there's so, a little frog. I love I love this movie. I really okay. do. It's one of my favorites. Um, so there's a part, the part in the Snuggly Duckling, which is the bar where okay. the ruffians are singing. Um, the camera pans through. There's th- there's this part where there's this creepy little man who's dressed as a uh, Cupid. They okay. like fling him around the room because he's tied with a. R- it's it's a whole thing. Right. Anyway, the the camera follows him as he's flying around the room as Cupid, and as it does that, you can see a little Pinocchio up in the rafters. Oh, I like it. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph, a movie that is apparently loaded with Easter eggs. They're not Easter eggs. Quote-unquote Easter yes. eggs. They're just literal. They're, they're not even references. They're, they're, just, they're, they're just characters, characters of other like video Sonic games. Sonic is in the film yeah. and Cubert. Uh, yeah. But no, these no. are all things that were listed as Easter eggs, and I was like, no, no. No, Cubert is not wrong. an Easter egg. He's a character in the yeah. movie. <laughs> well, there is an actual Easter egg in this movie. Okay. Uh, Tiny the Tyrannosaurus from Meet the Robinsons makes an appear- appearance in just he's just walking around the back- through the background in Grand Central 
Do they call it Grand Central Station? I think so. I don't remember. I, I've seen the movie. I love the movie. It was great. Yeah. I don't remember no, all I the love things. The movie. Yeah. I think it was whatever. It was the part where all the plugs meet. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. This is the Grand Central Station show. Okay. We'll call it that. In Frozen. Oh. Never seen it. Everyone's favorite movie. Well, I saw that you've terrible bootleg copy of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you've seen them. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there was only really one that I could find. It's pretty obvious. It's the one where Rapunzel and Flynn are walking in to the um, they're walking into the castle when the doors are open. What where what's her bucket singing? Um, I got a dream. I don't know what okay. she's singing, but she's singing a song, and you can see them walking in. All right. But did you guys hear about the uh, the fan? Th- I don't know if it was confirmed. Like if the fan theory uh-huh. that the girls, the the frozen girls' parents are Tarzan's. Yeah, parents also. That. I think so. Yeah, I think we may have talked about it on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I was like, wow, you guys are getting deep with it. Is that, right. what, is that what Kanye is going to cover? Like fan theories like that? Like I don't know about, the, but uh, I, who's to say? I don't know, but like Star Wars stuff. I think yeah, but okay. definitely not uh, Frozen. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, uh, Big Hero Six. I liked that movie a That's lot. A good movie. I've not yeah. seen that movie. Oh my! But Lord. I did see this. The music is amazing. I did see, I was able to research this, so I know that it's true. Uh, the character Honey Lemon, mm-hmm. there's a part where she takes a picture, mm-hmm. and her cell phone case is Nick Wilde from Zootopia, who is the fox. Ah. Okay. And also, there's a part where they're in a police station in that movie. Okay. And Hans from Frozen is on a wanted poster in the background. Yes. I remember I think seeing I remember that. seeing that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so you're not lying. That's our yeah. first I'm confirmation. I'm definitely yeah. not lying I, on Look, that one. I know I'm not lying. <laughs> uh, in Zootopia, this is one of my favorites. Yeah. Not just favorite movie. This is one of my favorite Easter eggs. Okay. So there's this part where, um, oh, and I can't remember her name. The little bunny. I don't know. Hops, I haven't seen it. Hopper, Hopperson? Sure, whatever. Hops, Hopper, Hopperson. The, the, the little bunny cop and um, Nick Wilde, they go to this guy, and she's like, trying to get information from him and she's like look Wesselton and he's like it's Weaselton Duke Weaselton now rewind a little bit the Duke from from Frozen they kept referring to as Duke Weaselton and he was like it's Wesselton oh. <laughs> ah, you would only know that if you've seen that movie 643,000 times <laughs> you're anyway, probably right so he's uh, Duke Weaselton is selling movies on the corner okay as they're trying to get information from him, he's like, "Can I help? Can I, you want you want to buy a movie? I got movies." Um, and it pans down to the movies that he's selling: Pig, P.I.G. Hero Six, <laughs> okay. okay, Wrangles, okay, which is a, the horse from Tangled, okay, with a ton, like a huge golden mane, <laughs> um, Wreck It Rhino. All right. And then he's and then he references movies not yet yet released, and then it shows Meowana. Which is a cat Moana. Oh. Very cute. <laughs> That's awesome. And then my final movie is Moana, which is the most recent one. And there are a lot of Aladdin references in this movie. Hmm. And I think that has something to do. I think the directors are the same. Okay. Um, which but, feels weird, by the way. Yeah. Like, you may also know me from directing Aladdin. I'm going to remind <laughs> you five times. Yeah, well, so there's a part, and I've actually never seen this movie straight through. I've seen the beginning and then I went and did some things and then I came back and then I watched the second half at a different day. So there's a part where Maui, is that his name? I think that's the big guy. The big guy, the rock. He's standing on a giant pile of golden seashells and, and, and treasure and whatever. And mixed in with that, you will, if you look really closely, you see the magic lamp from Aladdin. 
Okay. And then there is another part, another part where um, Moana's walking, and in the background you see the them shaking out a rug, mm-hmm. and that is the magic carpet from Aladdin. Oh, same one and same design, all that. Yeah, well, it's different. It's a different color. It's more of a brown color, but okay. the design is the same. And then there are other oh, that's cool. carpets throughout the the movie, same sort of material that it's like brown, but mm-hmm. one of them has. Um, now, what what were they saying? The one, the only one I can think of right off the top of my head because I didn't make a note of it <clears throat> was the uh, the ice monster from Frozen. Is his face is on one of the one of the carpets and then there's a couple okay. other ones that th- they show but I can't think of what they are but okay okay of our 20 films that's what I got nice perfect those are some pretty good ones actually. yeah that I was like great it. I hope yeah I, I'm gonna call this a success if everybody listening, <laughs> listening to it comes away at least learning one thing from one movie that they didn't know about right yeah for sure that's your thing yeah I definitely okay. learned at least a couple and I nailed it great nailed it. <laughs> all right Jeremy what I do you have for us? oh yes go ahead Jeremy Jeremy's was there? Turns. Did you pick this like time period? Because like, are there Easter eggs in other like eras, or is this kind of like a modern day thing? No, no. There's certainly more. Um, in fact, I think, I think some in some of the other films, like in Aladdin and in um, Beauty and the Beast, I know, I know specifically of other Easter eggs. I think I just chose twenty movies, and I just thought it would be easiest to start here. This was oh, okay. just my starting point. So is this the beginning of a series? It very well could be. Who knows? Ooh. I didn't do any Pixar either because, like I said, that's a whole nother. Yeah, there's thing. always Easter eggs in Pixar movies, which and is cool. And they're very niche They're, like, mm-hmm. specific to yeah. Pixar. That pizza bus is in every movie. <laughs> yeah. All right, Taryn, what do you have for us? All right, I've got some Disneyland ones for you guys to look out to and impress your friends. All right. Um, some of these you've, you've already heard if you're, if you're an avid <coughs> listener, but uh, we're going to go over them again. So in and around Disneyland, you'll see uh, uh, the Little Man of Disneyland, which we've talked about before. He's a character from the Little Golden Books um, about a leprechaun who wasn't happy about Disneyland being built on his land. Um, And so Walt Disney, throughout the story, figures out a way to... to, placate (laughs) this little guy and he agrees to let him live inside the park after it's built and he can now be found uh outside of indiana jones like right before you get in the line over to the right there's kind of like rocks and trees and things Mm -hmm. and if you look pretty closely you'll see a little door and that's supposedly uh the little man of disneyland's house yes uh next up uh in toontown there is a pumpkin in Goofy's jack-o'-lantern patch. Uh, he's wearing very large glasses, and this is meant to be Disney's former executive vice president of marketing and entertainment, Jack Lindquist. And if you uh, Google image search, uh, you know, Jack Lindquist pumpkin and Jack Lindquist, you can see that that is definitely true. Right. They both have big, <laughs> big glasses. Big glasses, big old round, cute face. Yeah. Uh, next up is Tarzan's Treehouse. Uh, as I said before, uh, Mrs. Potts and Chip are in the kitchen area. Also, uh, Jabba the Hutt uh, is at the base of Tarzan's Treehouse. If you are headed towards, say, uh, New Orleans Square and you're going over the bridge, right before you get um, over the bridge, there if you look to your right, there is a portion of the tree that looks identical to Jabba the Hutt. Um, also, the phonograph in Tarzan's Treehouse is playing the song Swiss Capoca. 
Uh, it's playing very quietly, but this is the theme song for the old Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. Okay, gotta uh, love that. Gotta love that. Uh, moving on to the Haunted Mansion. Um, most people already know this, but the organ in the uh, ballroom scene is from is the original organ from uh, 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. I didn't know that. No? No. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. We taught Bev something. <laughs> there you go. Done. I even learned something. <laughs> um, I didn't even have to buy a movie. There you go. <laughs> See, I took the easier route. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, also in the Haunted Mansion, uh, every year in the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, uh, you, if you look hard enough in the attic scene, you will find a velvet, a, a framed velvet Elvis portrait. And it's hidden uh, differently every year uh, in a different place. And so I can't tell you where it's going to be, but take a look for it. I've seen it once. Yeah. I've seen it once. Usually in the, in the attic scene on the left-hand side is yeah, usually where it is. Yeah. And you usually kind of have to turn around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you have to be sitting on the appropriate side of your buggy or you'll miss it. Yeah. Right. It's a whole thing. Um, in the Winnie the Pooh ride, um, Max, Buff, and Melvin from the former Country Bear Jamboree are now in that ride. So uh, when you're entering uh, Winnie the Pooh's kind of honeypot nightmare dream, <laughs> if you turn around and look up behind you, mm-hmm. you will see them in their absolute <laughs> exact form. They're there. They're there. Yeah. Okay, so in the Little Mermaid ride, uh, you can find Mr. Limpet. Um, Mr. Limpet is a movie about a man named Harry Limpet, who is played by Don Knotts, and he turns into a talking fish that helps the U.S. Navy locate and destroy Nazi submarines. So while you're on the ride, um, at the part where where Ariel is dancing, kind of, and her hair is dancing more specifically, mm-hmm, yeah. um, if you turn around slightly, you'll see him. He's sitting there. He's kind of this blue fish with a giant mouth, and he's got teeth. That's kind of the distinctive part. And glasses. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've only seen God. him one time. You have to kind of be strategic about finding him. Yeah. Because it gets dark back there. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely hidden. So now we're getting into some of the ones that you may not know about. Um, uh I got this one directly from a former Imagineer friend of ours, so I know that it's true. Okay. Um, this one's a little bit difficult to see, but Thunder Mountain Railroad, um, when you're on the ride, uh, there's a very distinctive um, tower of rocks, I guess you could say. It's kind of like a mountain, but it's a very it's a tower of rocks, and that is actually the, the Imagineers that created that based it on an old cartoon about Pluto herding sheep. And uh, you can YouTube the cartoon. Um, it's called uh, Pluto, the Legend of Coyote Rock. And uh, at about 7.06 in that, you see what they what they exactly modeled it after. And so if you kind of, like, Google image search them side by side, you can see it. Yeah. It's <laughs> this is, these are Imagineers. They're like they're like no, I totally it's right there. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how you don't see it. Were you told to use your imagination? Yeah, I was told. Like yeah. I was told at first, like um, oh yeah, no, it's use your imagination. And then as as the Imagineer I was talking to looked it up, he was, he he responded and went, oh no, actually it's right there. It's super obvious. And I looked and I was like, um. Okay. And that's when I realized I'm not an Imagineer. <laughs> but but uh, go ahead and do them side by side. Uh, maybe we'll try and put the image on the uh, on the blog. Sure. Um, but that one's pretty cool, actually. So that was 706 um, at, on Pluto, the Legend of Coyote Mountain. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. This one's awesome. There is a Lego minifigure of Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean. 
It's okay. always there. It's the first I've heard of it. Now, yes. the only thing I've ever heard of is the, the we've covered on the show, the lightsaber light in and the treasure room. I find that stinking thing every time. It's so hard to see. Yeah, I couldn't see it, so I don't know if it's still there or not. But last time we went, and I was looking and well, looking. Well, they put them, the, the thing that used to hold all the swords that used to be in the center is now, yeah. like, up into the, I'm sorry, and yeah. up into the left. Yeah, yes. much harder to see. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I had not heard of this one either, and this also came directly from a former Imagineer, okay. and I, not that I didn't trust the person, but I was like, I need to see a picture of this. Yeah. So I actually did find a YouTube video that shows it, clear as day. Hmm. Um, in this particular video, it was from 2014, and it was uh, at the very end of the ride where Jack Sparrow's sitting with all the coins and stuff, mm-hmm. okay. and on there's a chest sitting next to him, and on that was a t- on top of that chest, clear as day tiny little figure. Um, What I did find out, though, uh, when trying to confirm if it's still there, is that, yes, it is still in the ride, but they move it. Oh, those jerks. So so look for it. I can't tell you where it's going to be, because I have no idea, but... That's a fun little game. Yeah. Ride it 17 times to try and find that stupid little thing. Um, Another cool one, uh, Small World has a couple, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of the Eiffel Tower in Small World, there's a a doll wearing a yellow flowery poncho. And this is actually modeled after Mary Blair, who designed the ride. (laughs) Um, I think that's nice. Yeah, I think that's nice as well. Um, one of my favorites, actually, of this whole thing is that also on Small World, at the very end, when you're leaving and you're seeing all the postcards and says adios and arrivederci and all that stuff, mm-hmm. there's one little card that has, um, it's like a little sailing ship it's with... A stamp. It's a Oh, you're right. It is. It's, it's a, a stamp. stamp. It's a stamp. And it has a lot of children's faces on them, and they're just very simply drawn, two eyes and a mouth. Mm-hmm. But then in the background of these, there is a... There's one that has a little curly cue in his hair, and it's Charlie Brown. Huh. And I never... Very strange for non-Disney IP. And it's very clear. It's very clearly Charlie Brown. It's very cute. So look out for that. Um, And then on Main Street, um, Mrs. Tilly... She is the uh, the mannequin who sits at the Main Street Cinema. Her cast uh, member named Badge uh, says that she is from Marceline, Missouri, which, of course, is where Walt Disney lived as a child. Uh, also on Main Street, uh, I just found this one out. Uh, I'm excited to see it in person. Uh, the fortune teller, Esmeralda, mm-hmm. at the Penny Arcade, her deck of uh, cards that she's reading from. Mm-hmm. Tarot cards or whatever. Yeah. yeah. They, they, uh, the images on them are all the Haunting Mansion, Haunted Mansion stretching portraits. That's a good one. Really? Yeah, and they're kind of like uh, sort of black and whitish, and like they look all faded out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's one of those things where you don't know. On first glance, you probably won't even recognize it. No. Totally. That's it's super cool. Very cool. Um, and then just a couple of more. Uh, Space Mountain, the number 77 is uh, appears multiple times in the queue for Space Mountain, um, specifically looking on the doors and things like that. This is an homage to uh, the year that the ride opened. And also, uh, in the queue, if you, as you're walking through, um, the corridors while you're standing in line, if you, if you look on one of the, one of the kind of like door looking things that don't really open, um, one of them reads Bay, Com- Bay 12 command module. And then underle- underneath in small letters, you see Captain J. Hench. And this is for John Hench, the ride's designer mm. and Disney legend. Uh, lastly, on Star Tours, if you listen very carefully as you stand in line for that ride, uh, you're going to hear people being paged over the loudspeaker. Uh, one person you're going to hear is Igroig Sakul, and that's George Lucas spelled backwards. Okay. 
Um, and then another one. You're they were gonna, really trying on that one. Yeah, they tried real hard. Um, but this one's even better. You you're, you may also hear Mott Warham, which is Tom Morrow spelled backwards, which is tomorrow. And Tom Morrow was the previous host of Innoventions. Okay. So those are uh, just a few of the Disneyland Easter eggs. Very good. There we go. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's great. I didn't know about those. Little hidden stuff. Little hidden gems. That's what we do here, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that or not. I was not aware. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, you did a great job. Thanks. You're Thanks. very welcome. Um, normally we would do Disney news, but I don't have any. So we're not going to, I mean, I do have some, like, uh, there's blogs about Pandora World opening now and Disney World or whatever, but, uh, I don't know. I kind of don't care, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I did want to bring up, so we've talked to, uh, the Van Eaton Gallery before, I think last year or something like that. And there's a news article now in the New York Post, uh, Walt Disney's original Disneyland map could sell for $1 million. Oh, wow. So if you remember, Taryn, I think you were talking about the history of the Disney World, Disneyland place or whatever. Um, you talked about like the, the weekend that Walt and Roy, I think, spent like hand drawing the Disney yeah, map or whatever, yeah. right? For investors, that's the map that's going oh, on sale. That's worth a million dollars, right? I can see um, that. It's the first ever map of Disneyland. It's a three and a half feet by five and a half feet trifold hand drawn poster created by Walt Disney in one weekend in 1953. Features the first iterations of attractions at the now famous amusement park, some of which had their names changed and others scrapped entirely. For example. Frontierland and Tomorrowland, two of Disney's themed lands. I like how they have it in quotes. Themed lands. Like, it's not really themed, but they're... Uh, were originally marked as Frontier Country and World of Tomorrow, respectively. Meanwhile, something called Lilliputian Land never came to fruition. We talked about that in our earlier shows. Um... Let's see, blah, 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 blah. He and his brother, business partner Roy Disney, used the drawing to obtain financing from investors to build the park. It fell into the hands of collector Ron Clark some 40 years ago through a former Disney worker who'd been pals with Walt himself. Why can't we have people like that in our lives? <laughs> hey, you know what? I have this super like cool, rare thing. that Just go ahead and take it. Just yeah. take it. Just take it. Mm. So uh, it's going for a million dollars. Well, it, it th- that's what they uh, they estimate that it could actually sell for. So is it is it? I'm sorry, maybe I missed this. Is it one person that owns it? Is it Disney that owns it? One person that owns it. Okay, There's some guy called Ron Clark. Uh, he says it has this aura, it just kind of puts you in the awe that it, this is the piece that came out of Walt Disney's mind, and this is what came about. This park, these parks worldwide, the passion people have for it today, and the happiness of hundreds of millions who have graced these lands. Wow, what an epic quote, yeah. Ron Clark. Well, well played. Well, also, like, why wouldn't Disney just buy this? Yeah. like yesterday. Uh, Disney spokesman uh, John McClintock wouldn't say whether the park officials will be among the bidders. Mm-hmm. He said it's tough to compare concept in the map to what exists in the park today, including the CBD. That doesn't really matter. I don't know. He's just talking. Uh, which is in the center. Um, <laughs> it predates any work on Disneyland and doesn't really resemble Disneyland, so you can't really use it as a template for how the park developed. It, but uh, he added, the story behind the art is all uh, is that it was all done in one weekend. It's amazing that they got as much right as they did. Um, it goes up for auction June 25th. So if you got a uh, you know a million bucks, yeah, you can spend it at uh, patreoncom slash podcast. <laughs> Good job, Jeremy. That's right? Yeah, <laughs> million dollars. What would a million dollar? We should have a million dollar post on a Patreon. Like you know, if you, if hey, you do a million bucks, 
Patreon gets five percent of every like donation that you send in, so they'd make a bank. They'd make, yeah. And then what would you do? You would uh, own the show outright. I'd give you all my all my covers. I don't think we. I don't think we can offer anything. Yeah, there's nothing worth like. I don't think we. I don't think we could give anything worth a million dollars. No, that's true. That's true. Um, okay, Jeremy, um, that's it. We're going to end the show. I'm going to do you know the fact of the show, which nobody knows. <laughs> um, you know, but that's how it goes, man. I appreciate Terrence you. Terrence might not know it. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, I appreciate you hanging out with us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It was great. And uh, maybe next time uh, it'll be in person. I think it'll probably oh, be in November yeah, for, our, so. um, for our anniversary. Yep. Yeah. It'll be good it'll times. Be yeah. All right, friend. All right. Have I'll a good night, go. guys. Bye. 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 I mainly have to let him go because I can't play the music without <laughs> fading oh. it down. <laughs> and actually, I'm having a problem with this stupid thing now. And I, I don't know. I can't like adjust anyone's levels. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Like right now, all of our levels are down. Well, that's special. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So I don't know what I did, <laughs> but um, he broken. Yeah. Like, see, now you can't hear me. Now you can't. He- you can't hear me. Now you can hear me. But like, the <laughs> mute button is on. So I did Uh-oh. something. Something's backwards. Uh, Strange. It, it, no, it's just it's just something that I pushed in, inadvertently. But uh, this is going to be an interesting, interesting fade out <laughs> because I can't. Well, I can fade it out here though. I can't do it with a mouse. Here, yeah. we'll leave it there, I guess. Um, <laughs> all right, the fact of the show. I know Jeremy already ruined it, but, you know, I was pumped to say it, so I'm going to say it again. In The Princess and the Frog, you can see a nice shout-out to the old Firehouse 5 Plus 2, which was the band started by a few Disney animators, including Ward Kimball. You guys heard of Ward Kimball? No. Can you want to explain yeah. who he is? Uh, Google. Um, <laughs> when Lou the Crocodile is playing with the jazz band, the bass drum reads the Firefly 5 plus Lou. Cute. And there you go. All right. Uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, things will be smoother next time, I promise you. we got some kinks to work out, but that's the way she goes. You know what I mean? On uh, Ears Up, I guess. <laughs> Until next time, we'll see you in the parks. Bye.